Okay. So the LDS, they're both done. I would say that they weren't quite as thrilling, at least three of the four, as I was expecting. But we're here. We're down to four teams. And we got quite a few things to talk about. Welcome to the Pinch Talk Podcast, folks. Episode 19 with Mario and Pat. I'm one of your two hosts. My name is Mario. Um, I got my man Pat right here with me. First and foremost, how you doing, bro? I'm doing good, bro. How about yourself? I'm pretty good. Uh, not gonna hold you. I just started um, going to the studio, you know, as an intern and all that. And I'm, I'm like actually right. like seeing what's going on and like I got a whole bunch of shit going on. So I'm happy that you know shit is actually taking shape. Um, but we do have a couple things to talk about, of course. As I've said, oh uh, by the way, remember people to check out the podcast on Twitter. Uh, we do live tweets of games here and then, uh, some news, polls, all that. Check out Pat's articles at, you know, in the links uh, down below. Uh, check out my articles uh, in the links down below as well. And uh, yeah, pay attention to all the baseball content that we got. But first and foremost, before we begin with, uh, you know, LDS recaps, LCS previews, I think it's uh, much more appropriate that we begin uh, the podcast by breaking down a story that came out today is not like the most happy thing to happen but I'd like to throw it over to you and you let the people know just in case they're not aware so we can pay our respects okay cool Um, so last night Joe Morgan the greatest second baseman to ever play baseball uh, passed away he was 77 years old. Um, Hall of Famer on second ballot. He's he he's a very unique player too. As he was kind of I say ahead of his time. I, I will argue. Yeah, I will. Yeah, I would say he's ahead of his time to me. Um, yeah, I can kind of agree. Walk rate. All that. Yeah, the walk rate and all that. Um, he only had a 270 batting average, but got on base 39% of the time, which is ridiculous. And for someone who's only 5'7", and was a second baseman, he had a ton of power. Mm-hmm. Um, now, mind you, sec- out of all the second basemen that ever played baseball, there's never been one that's hit over 400 home runs. Yep. I think the closest is Jeff Kent. But back to Joe Morgan. Um Joe Morgan was very, very underrated while he was in the MLB, in my opinion. Um, he only got one silver slugger, which is ridiculous to think about. Five-time Gold Glover, two-time MVP, MVP, 10-time All-Star. He has one All-Star MVP as well, but he was a two-time player, MVP, player of the year award for the major leagues as well. Um, what made Joe Morgan unique was the was his walk rate he he literally walked almost walked twice as much as he struck out um at over on fan grabs his walk rate was 18 percent his walk rate was 16 percent for his career and his strikeout rate was nine percent that's great and mind you he was a plus defender at second base as well plus base runner as well Elite base runner. He, his total base totals from 1969 to 1982, which is like 14 years, 
Mind you, when he got signed as an amateur free agent out of high school by the Houston Astros, who then called the Houston Colt 45s. Um, Houston Colt 45s. Yeah, 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 Houston Colt 45s.
and even then, it's guess guess what his line was in his second last year. What? Two eighty nine, four hundred, four thirty eight. Hmm. A four hundred on base percentage in your second last year in the big leagues. And he played one hundred thirty four games. This is this is it doesn't make any. This man was ahead of his time. His old his own base percentages he was putting up back then were ridiculous. And mind you, he was it's not like he was racking up a hundred strikeouts a year. The most he ever struck out in the season was seventy seven times. His award he has a hundred war. I read somewhere he, that um, he has the third mo- either the third or the fourth most war ever accrued in the five year span. The most is bonds in those, you know. Or one to all four. Yeah, yeah. I just saw that uh, on Twitter. It was. It was. Who else? He actually has more than Trout. I think in a four-year span. He has more than Trout. Anyway, like what that tells I'm you, like for. it was just a okay. I got it. I found it. So from and for, so most recent players are forty-five um, Fangraphs award in a five-year span. Barry Bonds from 2000 to 2004 put up 54.9. From 62 to 66, Willie Mays put up 50. Mm-hmm. And from 2012 to 2016, Mike Trout put up 47.5. And from 72 to 76, Joe Morgan put up 47.3. So, so Joe Morgan was equivalent of a value about equal to Mike Trout, mind you, playing second base in a five-year span. That's insane. That's insane value. That's a huge, like, that's such a huge loss for the baseball world. And we didn't do this, like, Very. fully for, like, Bob Gibson, because, like, we were, got caught up uh, with the series and all that. And do, you know, just a reminder, we will do a full on episode talking about the legends we lost this year and all that, because they do deserve it, because there's been a lot of legends we've lost this year, a lot of black legends, Not too. A lot. So, yeah. Like, we I'm to just going to read these award numbers from when you became a, a full-time player. Um, five, three, five, zero. He was injured that year. He only played ten games. Three, three, five, nine, nine, eight, eleven, nine, five, one, two, three, two, five, three, one. Was he ever below he, average as a hitter? I doubt he was. When you first got into the league, but he was nineteen. Like he, he he's been playing at the major league level since he was 19. Like his first year in the league, he only played eight games at the major league level. His second year, he only played 10 games. But from then on, from when he was 21 to when he was 40, he played. He was a full-time above average major major league player. You don't see that. Like even with with some of the greatest hitters, look at Joey Votto now. How much he's struggling to remain above league average you don't see this kind of durability he was better in his 30s than he was in his 20s mark of a great player i would say yeah he put up a 11 war seasons 31 at at the age of 31 11 (laughs) like it's just and we don't even talk about how good of a base runner he was because this this is like he has multiple 60 base running seasons which is just crazy yeah he was he was about as complete of a ball player as you're gonna get quite yeah. honestly like, that's imagine like, that's the Ho- recap okay just to give you guys some context imagine jose altuve 
without the just alien contact, without the Ichiro's contact skills, but with the con, but with the on-base skills of Carlos Santana, and he had the green light to steal whenever he wanted. Like Joe Morgan is the example you want when you think of a leadoff up the middle type player. Yeah, him and um, well, yeah, up the middle, yeah, that counts. Yeah, because I was gonna say Ricky Henderson, but Ricky was a left fielder, so yeah. I mean, Ricky and Be- Ricky is the only other. If I couldn't get Ricky his Ricky Henderson as my leadoff guy, I won't want Ichiro or Joe Morgan. Yeah, I want Joe Morgan. I want that wall grade leading off. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. He and he's just we don't talk about him enough, honestly. And we, I really can't even get into how good of a broadcaster he was because I was really, really young when he when he was still broadcasting. Mm-hmm. I was I was I was I was born in '98, and he stopped broadcasting in the late in the late 2000s. Like I remember hearing him in video games and stuff, but that's that's pretty much it. I'm kind of like. That point about him not being talked about enough, I feel like that kind of applies to a lot of legends because I feel like baseball has such a long history that like it's easy for even phenomenal players. Great guys to get overshadowed. Yeah, yeah. Like baseball's history is so long because like in NBA, in the NBA, this doesn't really happen. Like not not to cut you off, like in the NBA, for example, like it doesn't happen to that extent because the history is so much shorter like there's less space for careers to get diluted uh, yeah and plus with baseball so. on every baseball team there's 25 guys on every team yeah more of a team sport absolutely and he should have been a first battle hall of famer too that's that's one thing that i that i that i almost cut you off i don't know if you said it but like i thought you said it and i almost cut you off because that was crazy to me how he was in the first battle hall of famer and he he only got 360 you know you got like what 81 percent, so he barely made it and that just pisses me off how archaic the, <laughs> the bat, how yeah I, i'm pretty sure we had this conversation before but the standards for hall of fame were just all fucked up and i don't think we have actually like full-on conversation maybe like in passing but like in the podcast i'm not sure we have but it's true though like how can you not vote for like joe morgan come on now I don't even think Babe Ruth was unanimous. Kim like, Griffey Jr. and Willie Mays weren't unanimous. Ted Williams wasn't unanimous. Like that's that's like, that's what are we talking right about? there. What are we talking about? <laughs> I mean, Larry Walker had to wait until year ten, bro. Yeah, like that's ridiculous. Like he almost didn't make it to the Hall of Fame. Barely made it. Barely, Barely. and he's. Barely. He was he was probably second or third to Bonds during the nineties when it comes to pure hitting, pure like unadulterated hitting. Um, Possibly so, around player. But yeah, I got sidetracked right there. I just had to sneak that one. No, Colorado Rockies. We, we had to because just think about this. Well, he, he had he only had twenty five hundred hits, but regardless, he got on base thirty nine percent of the time. He slugged for twenty seven for his career. A 819 OPS and a 132 OPS plus for your career from a second baseman, I'll take that any fucking day. Any fucking yeah. day. Good a defense. A thousand RBIs. 
Yes, and he has 689 solo bases. Where does that rank on the all-time list? I'm, I don't know if you have like the list in front of you. I got the leaderboards up right now. I got the leaderboards up right now. Oh my! This dude is this is just stupid. Um, he's. I'm looking for it on my. That he has to be very. He's high. 11 in stolen bases. Okay. Yeah. All time. Yeah. yeah. And I'm just gonna read some of these other numbers off. Amongst position players in WAR, he's 21st. When you add pitchers, he's 31st. Uh, in, in offensive WAR, he's 18th. Is he's doesn't make any sense. He's 38th in games played all time. Um, 35th in runs. Um, what else? He's fit in base on balls. And some of the names ahead of him are Ricky Henderson, Barry Bonds, Ted Williams, I guess. Like, look at these um, names, bro. Like, only people that are ahead of him in base on balls are Barry Bonds, Ricky Henderson, Babe Ruth, and Ted Williams. <laughs> look at these names, bro. Yeah, I'm not sure how he didn't. Everybody else above him has has two thousand walks. Like if you take away the players that have two thousand walks, he will be first. He's ahead of Carl. He's he's ahead of Carl Yastrzemski and Jim Tomey in walks, and he's the second baseman. Who wasn't even known for hitting for power. You know the eye to play you have to have to be able to yeah. work the count like that, and you're and you're not even a power hitter. Yeah, a power hitter. Yeah, because they're not. Yeah, because 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 they're not pitching around you. They're not pitching around you. At no, all. they're not. That's why Mind he was a, he was a huge stolen base threat, but at yeah. the same time, yeah, that's why Ricky Henderson and his career walk totals are so insane to me. On a side note, because you know greatest base runner of all time, and he's still second all time in walks. Like how crazy is that? But anyway. Honestly, we could have a whole podcast on Ricky Henderson just as Ricky a Ricky Henderson might be one player. of the most unique baseball players I've ever seen in my entire life. Like, it, like when, like when you look at his numbers, it's like they don't correlate. No, they don't. He's he's don't really correlate. he's an alien. He's he's a, he's an outlier in every sense of the word. He's an, he's yeah. an anomaly from a baseball standpoint. And when you when we take into account the era these guys played in, yeah. Because it was not a high offensive environment at all. No, and mind you, front offices were not forward thinking. Baseball was still way more racist than it is today, and baseball, modern day baseball, is still racist as fuck. So that's saying something. It's it's, it's mind boggling. It's just, it's mind boggling. You you just don't. I can't even process this to me. Like, I, I, like, just I can't even I'm jealous I couldn't even watch some of these guys play you know yeah and like, it's hard to find footage online very as well. very because oh boy yeah it fucking sucks but I mean he lived a full like, life at least yes he didn't yes. fucking yeah he didn't he didn't get his legs cut off from under him when he was like in his 50s at least he lived a full life so we can all say to that our condolences I think I can speak for both mm-hmm. his family and his loved ones yes because yeah that's harsh when you take out all the players that play 
before the modern era of baseball, he leads the second baseman of war by a long shot. He has a hundred war, and the next, yeah, he's the greatest ever, and no one else is close. Um, so hats off to Joe Morgan, one of the greatest players ever, the greatest second baseman ever. If I had to put together an all-time team with non-position players, he will, will, will eight position players. He will be my second baseman, hands down. Yeah, that's actually a, an, an interesting convo. Actually, he was first ballot, but only got eighty-one percent in the ballot. That's bullshit. So he was first ballot, ladies and gentlemen, but he only won. He only got eighty-one percent in the ballot. Really, eighty? Really? <laughs> One out of every five voters oh. did not vote for him. <laughs> Why? Why? Come on now. He was only five this. seven too. Like, yeah, he was five seven, one sixty. It's not like he was built like a truck. No, you know and he put up, and he got signed, and he jumped straight to. The, think about this. Okay, I'm gonna put this in monetary terms. He signed, and when when did he fucking sign? He he signed in '62, basically when he was 19 straight out of high school he played 10 games and when he was 19 he played like another 10 games when he was 20 and from the age 21 to when he was in his 40s he was playing in a major league he's he's like kobe basically from a from an age perspective of, of playing major league baseball or professional sport for half of his life basically because yeah, he, he was 77 like, he, yeah, he took like a yeah, he took like a base. Yeah, he took like um like a basketball path, pretty much. Yeah, definitely. And you don't see that in baseball. Even back then, nope, you had to play know. in the minors for a couple of years. Well, yeah. Go ask. Go ask the Rangers what happens when you try to rush prospects up. Back then. <laughs> oh, Poor old David Glide. Um. So yeah, <laughs> you heard that story? Yeah, I've heard it before. I can't remember it, but no, uh, they just ru- from what I recall, they just rushed him to the majors as a like eighteen year old. He was like the savior of the franchise, or whatever. They rushed his they rushed his ass up to the majors, and they fucked him up <laughs> forever. Uh, uh, yeah, like I don't want to go into those details because I feel like those are actually some funny fucking stories that we can tell about yeah, each franchise's misery yeah during the off season yeah but um so what you guys should conclude from this is Joe Morgan's the greatest second baseman ever no one else is close um give these people the flowers while they're still here yeah especially especially guys like this who who are who was ahead of his time I'll double down on that he was ahead of his time why do I get the feeling that people are not going to learn and Barry Bonds will only get his flowers when he passes? No, for as much as Barry Bonds was responsible for his reputation, um, the media is just, the media fucked him over from the jump. Yeah, I agree. Like, he, he is partly responsible. And, and, and he's admitted to his. He's admitted before. to it multiple times. He was an asshole. Yeah, but still. Like, a lot of assholes in the Hall of Fame. That have done way worse than him. 
and all I'm going to say on the subject of that is Bud Selig has a Hall of Fame plaque. If you don't think Barry Bonds deserves to be in the Hall of Fame and Bud Selig being there is no problem for you, suck my dick. That's all I got for you. I agree. You couldn't have said it any better. You could, you could go suck a dick if you, yeah. if you don't think Barry Bonds should be in the Hall of Fame. Or Roger Clemens. All those guys. Come on now. Anyway. Um, do we want to move to the recap? Yeah, we can. Series? Yeah, you want to start with the AL or the NL? I feel like we can start with the NL because they were less consequential. So we can get them out okay. of the way uh, quick. Um, okay. Okay, so let's first get the series out of the way. And so moving on, of course, officially to the LDS recaps. Uh, now let's remember the matchups we had. We had Braves, Marlins, Dodgers, Padres, Rays, Yankees, A's, Astros. Um, let's start things off with the National League. Uh, and I'm going to say to you, uh, you was actually completely completely right when it comes to the Marlins and the Braves. Remember how I said, uh, I think you know the Marlins might be able to steal a game or something like that? Mm. Nope. These motherfuckers got outscored. How many did they got outscored? They got outscored 18 to 5 in three games. And they got and they shut got out shut the out. last two games. Got shut out the last two games. They, they actually led game one for like four innings until they threw at Acuna for like the millionth time in three years for some reason. And something needs to happen with that because think. Think about how many players have had their careers derailed by hit by pitches. Like just off the top of my head, Joe Mauer. Because before yeah. this concussion, Joe Mauer was a monster. And uh, Tony Conigliaro as well. Yeah, then. Tony Conigliaro. Um, dude, it's what's his face? Um, no more. Did get, no, no more. Getting hit by a pitch, did he? Yeah, he did. Because that's the cause of wrist injury. Then you play it through it and aggravate it. Yeah, Nomar uh, Garci Parra too. Um, but yeah, I kind of I, I I felt like the Marlins were gonna get smoked. They didn't belong. They were kind of frauds from the beginning. Yeah. But the the Braves pitching staff is hitting just right at the right time after getting healthy at the end of the season. Max Fried is back. Kyle Wright looks like the shit. Ian Anderson looks looks like the shit as well. Mind you, yeah. this is after they lost Mike Taroko for a year with a torn meniscus. Yeah, I think Noko Hamels as well. Noko Hamels as well. And he was looking like a big free agent piece for them. Um, yeah. Randall Coon um, Jr. is a monster. Ozzy Albies is a monster. Yeah. That's all um, I really got to say. I got something uh, uh, for people. Um, the Marlins only had one regular with an OPS above, basically above 600 in the series. Uh, that was Brian Anderson. The rest were all terrible. The Marlins hit as a team, as a team right here. They had a 464 OPS as a team. Those is Jeff Mathis numbers right there. Those yeah. is Jeff Mathis numbers right there. Uh, they <laughs> they got absolutely smoked. What Pat said that they just flat out did not belong is just completely correct. I thought they might be able to steal a game because their pitchers are pretty good. But I th- no, I thought they might be able to maybe squeak out a win. 
in one of these you know i was like when they actually took the lead in game one i was like oh you know they might be able to you know they actually scored a couple of runs i was like eh, they might steal game one and then get smoked the rest of the series but no they ended up getting i'm pretty sure they got outscored like eight like 18 to one after after that after that game one or something like that but anyway so yeah the marlins got absolutely destroyed but i will say this i won't i won't give away all of the you know the post-mortem for the you know for the offseason because we'll do one for every team but I, I like where the marlins are at if they can stop throwing at players i'll actually be you know kind of rooting for them and i think they're in a pretty nice spot moving forward uh and the braves look very 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 dominant the bullpen looks really good but we'll talk about them more when we talk about the lcs um and moving forward to the actually i didn't ask you if you had anything else on the marlins i don't want to just move on like that shout out to all the young alpha latino players in the marlins because seem to have a whole shit ton of them yeah jazz is home as well like like um he's from the Bah. jazz Shimon's is from the bahamas so if you're afro-caribbean but like they just they really came out of left field especially a british player group um but when you have jesus aguilar lewis brinson jazz to zone um, who else do they have? They have Sixo Sanchez as well. Brian, and- Brian Anderson's really good. Brian Anderson's pretty good also. Um, the Marlins core is is pretty good, and they're ahead of schedule, but um, Don Mattingly seems to be a lot better manager than he has in the past as well. Um, so that's pretty good development as well. Mm-hmm. Like I said, if they can stop throwing at if they can stop throwing at uh, at Acuna, they'll actually be a very likable team moving forward. And I'm absolutely, looking, I'm looking forward. Because at this point, it seems like they hit Acuna after every home run he hits or something. Yeah, like they got something with him, and I'm not sure exactly why that is. <laughs> the man, yo, fan went out there and tweeted, "They gotta hit me because they can't hit me because they can get me out." After the series, he went out and tweeted that. Oh, he let his nuts hang when he said, "I'm not apologizing either." Like. Shout yeah. out to Ronald Cunha Jr. Yeah, he went all Conor McGregor on the motherfuckers. Yeah, and that's one thing I really liked about the playoffs this year. All the young players are, yeah, are showing the fuck out, and they're backing it up by being elite performers as well. Yeah, that's what baseball yeah. needs. That's gonna get exactly. TV ratings. That's gonna get sports center highlights. That's gonna get social media shit talking. Exactly, and we complain about the MLB's lack of presence on social media, but they really set it up this year, and I really appreciate them for that. No, they're doing a good but job. But that's I've reached my quota for praising the MLB itself. Yeah, <laughs> and let's move on to the other NLDS series. Man, let off one praise for the whole week, and I was like, man, that's it. <laughs> yeah, that's all they deserve. That's all they're gonna get yeah. from me. Yeah, honestly, yeah, that's a little disturbed. So, uh, the other uh, NLDS, uh, the Dodgers and the Padres. Now, this one, I'll actually take, uh, I'll actually, you know, give, you know, I'll give myself some flowers for this one because I was actually closer to the, to the prediction than you were. Um, not going to be the case for some of the other series, though. But I, this one, I was actually pretty close. I thought the, uh, the Dodgers were just better and they were actually going to, you know, handle the Padres pretty easily. And the Padres got smoked. Uh, yes, just, they did. Just they just got smoked, and this they felt very much to me. Yeah, th- like this felt very much to me like the case of like, 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 like the Dodgers basically just grabbed the belt, and we're just like, all right, like I'm gonna let you know, like you know, like you've been acting up all the you know all regular season talking shit, 
and then you know they just they put that belt on the motherfuckers man uh, this is like when this is like when you step up to your father for the first time like actually doing it and you fucking yeah <laughs> you, you feeling yourself or when you find your older sibling because you're a little bit older and they gotta remind you who you are yeah and they just I don't want to say they got humiliated at all because I mean this is the Dodgers and the Padres were not at full strength let's just let's keep that in mind but absolutely this like this is this like it, it, it kind of felt like they didn't belong competing with the Dodgers like they're and not to again not to take anything away from the Padres but like Dodgers is such a deep team man like like they had an on-base percentage of 409 the, the the entire series they walked 22 times actually oh the, no not 22 they walked 20 times in three games uh, like these are some incredible numbers that we're getting and they did all this while a lot of their players were just kind of eh but a lot of the others hit and my god man like when you can have a catcher like will smith he somehow flies under the radar that's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, the thing about Will Smith is he's a competent defender. He's a great hitter. And yeah. we said this before, but the Dodgers know how to take athletic guys and use them to make their swings better. Exactly. Max Muncy, Will Smith, Yasiel Puig. Hmm. Guys with very clear. Yeah, Gavin Lux, because Gavin Lux was. A, Gavin Lux was seen as a glove first guy when he was in high school. Yeah, and now he's one of the best hitting prospects in the minors. So, yeah, he got a seventy grade on his bat and seventy grade power. Like that's just ridiculous. And their pitching depth is insane too, especially in their bullpen. While Kenley Jansen is, is still struggling, they still could roll out Joe Kelly, Bruce Dar Gratterall, Pedro Baez. Blake Trinan. Blake Trinan. Blake fucking Blake Trinan. And the revival of Jake McGee, which, you know, no comment on that. Um, <laughs> yeah, we, we, we went over that last week. But, I mean, the Dodgers are just, they're an all-star team. You said this before, they're an all-star team. Like, like when you look at, at, at the lineup, you know that old cliche of saying, you know, this lineup is dangerous one through nine? Applies to the Dodgers 100%. Their number nine hitter would be hitting fifth on many teams. Like it is. And their bench players will be starting on other teams. Yeah, exactly. Kike Hernandez would be starting for basically every single other team. Um, for the Padres, I don't want to shit on them at all. I thought this was a great season by them. Like, you know, uh, they just did not hit. They got shut down by the by the Dodgers pitching staff. Um, the Padres had a 546 OPS as team. So that kind of tells the whole story. Tatis struggled, Machado struggled, Hosmer struggled, everyone except Trent Grisham pretty much had a really bad series. They also had a bad series from the base running uh, standpoint as well. Like They made so many mistakes on the bases. They yeah, like too many outs. Yeah. And you cannot do that when you have such little margin for error against a team like the Dodgers. So the pilot has a great season. How do you feel like, 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 like I'm looking for like, um, for like a quick answer, like, right. So like, you know, cause we'll do the full on, you know, diagnosis as to, you know, what the pilot is off season might look like. But 
Do you think they can really do anything drastic to improve this offseason? Because I don't think they can. I just think they need to get healthy and get all their prospects up to the majors, and then they might actually be able to take out the Dodgers. The I really don't see best. any free agent, any big free agent signings making sense. Um, yeah, same. Like, they got to resign Kirby Yates because he's going to be free. I think he's a free agent this year. Um, they just really they need to get healthy and just come up to they just need to get healthy they got the they got the first taste of the postseason that the young teams get mm-hmm. and they made it all the way to the NLDS and you coming off a season where Tatis Jr. literally lived up to the hype that he got in the minors you got Jake Cornerworth coming out of the left field you called up a couple of the young guys and they played pretty well you traded for Mike Clevenger. You traded for Austin Nola. You still got your top five prospects in a historically great system. Yeah. You you sign Jay Stingler as your manager. You swing a trade. You, you trade for you, you swing multiple trades that involve more than four players during the fucking during the. At this point, they're in one now mode. It's playoffs yeah. or bust. It's, it's World Series or bust at this point. So yeah, they have the core, they have the prospects, they have the bullpen. You sign, you, you trade for Tommy Pham during the off season. Yeah, you got your ace and Mike Clemenger. You got yeah, they they signed Drew Pomerantz too during the last off season as well. At this point, they're in win now mode. They need to they need they need to go for it. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about you know maybe some specifics maybe maybe a trade that makes sense but they just need to get healthy and get the prospects out they're in a really good position because they don't need to be desperate yet so yeah we'll see how they go moving forward and the dodgers are just oh, so i did not notice but my fault no yeah go ahead i didn't i didn't notice but austin nola is the brother aaron nola i actually kind of took that <laughs> Like I had an actually like put those two together. I'm like, oh, you know, they got the same, they got the same last name. He's his older brother too. And cool thing about Austin Ola is he was kind of toiling in the minors as a utility guy, just a quad A kind of chili guy. He didn't really get a lot of playing time above double A, but he he converted to catcher and he just took off. Yep, must be nice to have a nice converted catcher. That's actually good. I like the Rockies. Um, so moving <laughs> on to the ALDS. Um, <laughs> I hate myself. Um, so the Astros and the A's. Now I want to say one thing to the Oakland Athletics. Y'all really disappoint me. Y'all know that. Y'all really, really let me down. And not and not only did y'all let me down, y'all let the world down. You know what I'm saying? Like. You killed off your demons against the White Sox. You finally won a playoff series. Only to do this. What's a word that you would look for, bro? Like to describe their performance? Honestly, I don't think the A's were that bad. The Astros just woke the fuck up. And that's one thing I was saying. Because you remember during the season, everybody was talking shit because all their major players were not doing so well and I remember saying the Astros could make a big run in the postseason regardless if they make it just because they have the experience and they have the talent to do it and I was right yeah. I was right yep and no, we both I mean, said 
to fear the Astros if they got hot. Yes. Yes. We're talking about regardless of cheating, we're talking about a team that's been on the front edge of analytics and scouting and shit like that and, and applying technology to that. They know how to draft and develop. They sign the right players. That Michael Bradley signing was fucking perfect for them. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's such a good hitter. He's such a fucking good hitter. And, and mind you, they did this without arguably their best hitter, Jordan Alvarez. Yeah. They're missing who's looking like Who's looking like David Ortiz Jr. Yeah. They're missing Verlander. No Gary Cole. And mind you, they know they just brought up a whole bunch of no name pitchers and they're all out there dealing and shit and the fucking just Yeah. The Astros organization is just unfair. They're like they really might be the evil empire the Yankees think they are. <laughs> we'll talk about the Yankees when we get to them, but Okay, okay. Uh I wanna say the Astros scored thirty three runs in four games. They won the series three to one. And it just felt like the A's could never really keep them under control no. at any point. Like the lowest amount of runs they scored were, was five. The A's were never going to be able to outscore the, the Astros in the shootout yeah, never. besides game three, which was kind of some lucky shit. But yeah. And Liam Hendricks was crazy. But Yeah, like three. What did that man do? Like three innings? Yeah, he went three scoreless. That's fucking ridiculous. But if the A's are going to win, they're going to have to hold the Astros to four runs or less, which is impossible. And you know what the funny thing is? The A's didn't hit that badly as a team either. No, the Astros are just on fucking fire. Yeah, the, the holy shit. The A's actually had an OPS of basically 900 as a team. They didn't get on base a lot, but they hit a lot of home runs. The yeah. Astros just had an OPS of almost a thousand as a team. Like it was, and they were getting on base. They were hitting for average for power. Like they, they were hit, just doing everything. They hit. They almost. They hit three. They almost hit. They hit three hundred twenty-two as a team. Michael Brantley, Jose, no Jose Tuve, Alex Bregman, Carlos Correa, and Kyle Tucker hit four hundred, and George Springer almost hit four hundred, and so did Michael Brantley. Yeah, and we might have this George Springer is one of the best postseason players of all time dog dog <laughs> I don't understand bro like I don't understand yeah like he flip his switch man he got he all just, the badges bro he, he just badges. he just he just jacks this is ridiculous like this man turns into Willie Mays in the postseason yeah it's insane I think I think he's like I think he's already climbing Way up on the MLB postseason home runs list. Like, Think about this: if he if he hits one more, he already tied the record for most home runs in one World Series with five. Yeah, and he's gonna be he's gonna be up there on the leaderboards in postseason home runs. And well, he's he's gonna get. A, I hope he gets a big ass contract this offseason, and I hope he stays healthy so he can fucking just rake. Yeah. That's a beautiful swing, by the way, which is not something yes. you see from righties all that often. Not not that often. And he's from Connecticut, too, which isn't a really a, a big baseball state. God damn, man, because the Astros are so easy to hate that you can almost kind of forget. They're, they're so easy to hate, but they're so easy to like, too, because they have a lot of talent. They're a smart organization. Yeah. 
I mean, they're like the Rays with money. Yeah, pretty much, actually, pretty much. So you see that Rays ownership? That's what you need to be doing. Spend some money. We'll talk about the Rays when we get to them. But uh, yeah, the the A's. I feel bad for them. Not gonna lie to you, because it felt like they were given their best effort. Because aside from game two, they scored five, nine, and six runs. And with that pitching staff, you would think, okay, you know, we can actually probably win two of those three games at least. But it wasn't meant to be. And I'm not sure where they go from here, because even though Chapman got hurt, hitting was not what lost in the series. He was pitching. It's the pitching. Yeah. Uh, they and they have to a get, lot of it. Yeah, they need to get their young guys healthy and all yes. going at the same time. Yes. AJ Puck would have been huge on this team, but he can't stay healthy, and he's another lefty. And mm-hmm. the the Astros had the platoon split pretty much the whole series because they have nothing but righties at destroy and Michael Brantley has it doesn't really has always been able to hit lefties his whole his whole career. I watched it. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, when you got George Springer, Jose Altuve, Bregman, and Correa. In a lineup loaded, just waiting. I don't think that. I just don't. The, the Astros is such a good hitting team. Yes, yeah. they can do this to anybody in a, in a short game series. Yeah, they got even, hot even the best the pitching time. stuff. Yeah, they just got hot at the right time. And, and Carlos Correa went nuclear. Carlos Correa had a seventeen hundred OPS. Carlos Correa was out here hitting like a, a road to the show. Like, this is a week. He had a week Barry Bonds. Only Barry Bonds got. Yeah. He's, <laughs> he's slugged. He's slugged 1,000. How? Dude. His slugging I mean, is, is, is more money than I have in my bank account right now. <laughs> Bro. And it was wild, and it's wild because you know I don't care about RBI, but the man had eleven RBI in four games. In four games, you almost had a, you almost had a, a RBI in every at bat he and every official at bat he had. When you add them, is Manny Ramirez baseball. numbers right there, bro? He had eleven at bats in fourteen and 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 eighteen play appearances. That's crazy. That's crazy. Anyway, I don't want to pile on the on the A's too much. They just ran into a team that got hot at the right time. And they're playing uh, a familiar think, opponent. Yeah. I think I still think the A's are a good quality team. I'm not sure they're they're a World Series contender quite yet. Like if they don't get uh the starting rotation in order, the bullpen is fire. Uh, the position player group needs to get a little stronger too. I, I think, think Mason Chapman did uh didn't uh didn't help, but I do agree they need to add one more star because they're gonna lose Marcus Simeon. Yeah, he's gone. So, eh. they do need one more star. I would, you know, they probably won't do it. But you know, how about you know trading for Trevor Story, something like that? The next year, they could. Who knows? No, no, that could work. Who knows? Anyway, uh, so that was the series. Astros win three to one, advance to watch the Rockies ask for Kyle Murray because they they didn't know he's playing football now. Oh my god. Dog. 
moving on I had, um, to, I, had to, <laughs> I had to bro i'm sorry it no you're just... right because i i have proof of everyone dunking on the rockies because they deserve it they're incompetent as fuck um, that's something the rockies will do yeah the, the rockies just ask for crazy prices because they overvalue every single player they have uh but anyway um oh by the way when we get to the episode uh in the office where we talk about the rockies that episode is um that episode is gonna be a little bit complicated um look, look i'm gonna say this now the floor is yours sinner. that's all i'm gonna do <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna just... think I'm you got it bro popcorn yeah get the popcorn um so the last lds series was of course yankees and Rays. this was this was by far the most interesting series of the four um what do you think of it first because i'm talking about first and i want to throw it over to you because this was a series with a lot of different talking points a lot of back and forth and a pretty historical game five so what do you think about it from start to finish um it's what i expected I expected this series to go five games. I expected some entertaining ass shit to happen. And these two teams match up really perfectly for each other, even though they're very different. And yeah. Randy Arroz Arena. Randy Abons Arena. That man is different. And I, I feel sorry for Mark. Shout out to Mark, uh, St. Louis Cardinals fan. Um, the Cardinals just keep getting the fleece for outfielders lately it seems like yeah they traded away oscar mercado and randy arrozarena in like a a two-year span yeah they also traded away luke voigt and luke oh my god and luke voigt yeah but um, hey at least you got paul goldsmith buddy <laughs> holy shit all the um, hoes is not walking through them doors yeah he's not uh no one's walking through the doors anytime soon, people. Uh, so, this LDS, I, if you all recall, Pat actually got the prediction right. Uh, he picked the Rays in five, Rays one in five. I got it wrong. I said Yankees in four, and but remember I said, I thought uh, the series would be tied 1-1 going into game three, and the Yankees would just, one of those games that just turns into like a 10-2 blowout, and the Yankees would take the momentum and win it in four i obviously underestimated the race and their pitching depth and what and just what all that can do for a team uh the race got, actually got outscored if i'm not mistaken uh in this series but it didn't end up mattering um there's a couple moves from this that will be discussed um one of them is that game move from game two where they you where the yankees who don't you know they don't necessarily have you know raise like pitching depth they use davy garcia as an opener and then went right to jay hat for multiple innings how did you feel about that one because that one got crucified all over social media it wasn't as bad as people thought it was because the Rays had to put had the platoon advantage i think in that game Mm-hmm. When, when they started out and while I think they kind of overthinked it I think they should have let Davey go maybe two or three instead of just one let him let him go through the lineup once 
That's what I say. You give them, you let them go through the lineup once, or shit, let them go through the first six at bat, at six batters. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be better. That would be, I would be much more okay with that. But one talking point after the series I didn't like was how Yankees fans just kind of use Adelaide as a scapegoat to why they lost when the fact is they simply got outplayed and their pitching staff has had a lot of holes in it especially the starting rotation yeah and when you have a playoff and when you have playoff series like this and based on the season is predicament with the COVID and shit how no days off no days off come on now the Yankees are gonna get exposed eventually they gave up nine runs to the Cleveland Indians if you give up nine runs to the Cleveland Indians, you need to and be the only, like and the only, think, think about this: Jose Ramirez and Josh Naylor were the whole offense of the of that series, pretty much. Yeah, they they accounted for almost every run scored somehow, some way. They were involved. When you, like listen, you made a, a really good point about the Yankees getting exposed eventually. I thought at the end of the day they just did not have quite the pitching depth to fuck with the Rays, and in my opinion, uh, the game two, you know, decision of taking David Garcia out after only one inning. I mean, it's not like he'd killed it in the one inning, not like he'd gone, you know, and, and struck out the side. That, you know, first and foremost, and second of all, it's not like he's proven anything at the major league level. So like, and I know Jay Happ is not good at right now, but. I don't hate the idea of using him as an opener if you're going to be, you know, if, if, if you're going to have him available for later on in this series, you need to get out when, it, you know, however you can get him with no days off. And I think the Rays, at the end of the day, they just had more in the tank than the Yankees did. That game five was an absolute, was just different. It was a different spectacle. Like, and I, and I wrote about it a little bit in that in uh, my newest article I did about the three true outcomes baseball. Um, it was different, man. Like over half of the plate appearances ended in walks, strikeouts, or homers. It was two to one raise on three solo homers. All of them barely got out. Like it was one of the most dominant pitching performances I've ever seen in my entire life from both teams. And one thing I will say about, you know, about that game is as soon as Gary Sanchez was put into the game, and then Chapman went and gave up the home run. I'm like, you just know Yankee fans are going to find a way to blame Gary Sanchez for his loss. And lo and behold, there were Yankee fans saying Gary should have framed a pitch that was like three feet off of his plate for a strike. Get the fuck out of here for that. If there's um, one thing, if there's one thing I will criticize Yankees fans for is being overcritical and not knowing enough about the game. They react too much. Yeah, they're too reactionary too. I saw somebody say that Kyle Higi- Higashioka is is more productive offensively than Gary Sanchez. <laughs> and I fucking want berserk on this dude. Mind you, I don't for rain in Yankees Twitter. I do not want my mentions to crash. In Yankees Twitter like roaches. You see one, there are more around. Yeah. And and mind you, I mean, after the, uh, the this whole series, I was really deep in Yankee Twitter because it's some of my followers. 
I follow a lot of Yankees fans that are cool. They're good Yankees fans. And the, the reactions after the game were hilarious. People were just throwing shit against the wall, hoping it would stick. Yeah. Kahagashioka is more offensively talented. Okay. In case you guys didn't know, Kyle Gashioka entered the Yankees system in 2007. Gary Sanchez entered in 2009. Kyle Gashioka was in the minors for 10 years before he got called up. Literally. Literally. Kyle Gashioka is a quad A, at best, a backup. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying Gary Sanchez is competent defensively because he isn't. But cut the guy some fucking slack. Seriously. It was ridiculous. It was it's ridiculous. It was ridiculous. Just, and like, the way they, they keep the bottom from the offensive offensive standpoint. Yeah, like that's false. Like if if you want to get on him for being a, a subpar defensive catcher, do that. He's meh at best. But offensively, he's one of the greatest power hitting catchers to ever live. Literally. Like literally. Like I'm not just like throwing some shit out there. Like he's literally one of the greatest power hitting catchers to ever exist. He has a career 505 slinger percentage. <laughs> and also one thing I found with Yankee fans, I found it very, very interesting. Uh, they couldn't talk shit about Stanton uh, this postseason because he was he carried the entire offense, him, Torres, and Hicks pretty much. Uh, but Judge apparently is still Teflon despite the fact that he sucked whole postseason. And uh, you want to know who else was Teflon? DJ LeMayhew, he was Teflon. No bad words were said about him. Um, and the man sucked the entire postseason. That's why I found it funny, because Yankee fans were saying, well, you, we need more players like DJ who made contact. DJ just had a 615 OPS the postseason. Fuck you talking about? Like, Yankee fans just don't understand it. Like, what you said, like, they don't know enough about the game. You can tell there's way too many casuals right there. There's a way too many. I mean, but you get that when you're the greatest sports team of all time. Um, yeah, that's true. And I also think Kevin Cash was put up a master class. Game five was perfect. Kevin Cash is different, man. And I don't really like the analytics scapegoat either because people were destroying Aaron Boone when... I actually thought he did pretty good from a managerial standpoint. I didn't have the only thing I had a big problem with was pinch hitting with fucking Mike Ford. Yeah, instead of um, what's his name? Um, Clint Frazier. Clint Frazier. Like, why? Like that was the only decision. But like, people were mad at pinch hitting for fucking Kyle Higashioka. People were saying, "Oh no, he puts up good at bats." No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. Yankee fans were literally praising this dude for hitting a ball poorly enough that it was hit so softly that defender couldn't get to it and he got to first base somehow. Like, what are y'all talking about, bro? What are y'all be talking about? I don't know, man, but when they when they decided to crucify Gary Sanchez over Kyle Gashioka, I had yeah. enough. Yeah. And Gary Sanchez has been terrible this year offensively. No one's disputing that. But come on now. Like, let's be fucking. Also, that whole proposition that Gary Sanchez has no trade value. Really? A 27 year old catcher who is probably the, you know, the, like, no catcher in baseball has as much raw power as him, who's 
passable defensively. Has three years of team control left. That guy doesn't have trade value. That guy. Okay. Chester okay. Steve, you just throw on my DH. Yeah, exactly. If you already have catchers. Um, Indians. Um, um, <laughs> um, put Framel Rays in the outfield. Just forget about actually make Gary the backup. No. Yeah, make Gary the backup, but still put him at DH. I would like that a lot. I would like that a lot. Like 50 games. Yeah, because when you have Roberto Perez, who's a wizard defensively, I don't know, man. I just, I don't understand the lack of appeal people have with Gary Sanchez overall. It's just. It's a low batting average. He's a really hateable player, but at the same time, he needs to get back to the base, the on base, or into the approach he had when he first got called up. And with how yeah. crazy the season was, I understand when it comes to certain players, how it can cause them to just be unproductive. Like, I'm not going to crucify Francisco Lindor for having the worst season of his career so far. Because a guy like that, he feeds he feeds off the crowd. He's like a, he's an Allen Iverson type of guy. Yeah. Like, people just need to cut it out, man. Like, this is a 60-game season. Come on now. Come on now. People just need to... Gary yeah, Sanchez like, has had one room. bad legitimate year. That was 2018. Also, by the way, I want to say, uh, not to cut you off, but I want to say that Gary Sanchez's BABIP was well below 200 for this year. Oh, he had a lot of bad luck. A lot. Just so people know. And he still hits the ball as hard as anyone. So And he's very slow. Yeah. And didn't he have COVID? I don't think he did. I don't think he did. No, that was a Rhodes Chapman. A Rhodes Chapman had COVID. Oh, I'm so happy Rhodes Chapman choked again. <laughs> and he just starts, he does a little halfway smile. Yeah. And it was bad sequencing, too. And Gary Cole yeah. for the slider, because Brousseau, he was on it. And, like, you, I, I, like, like I, I'm sure you recall the at bat, because that was legendary 10 pitch at bat. That, but he, that, that, I, so. It just seems like in late game situations sometimes, especially in their postseason, people just are able to fucking lock in on a road to Chapman. Yeah. I mean, when you throw two pitches, that's what happens. That's very true. But, I mean, when you have the stuff he does and he's a lefty, now, mind you, Brousseau did, Brousseau did have the platoon advantage. Yeah, but he was locked in on both his pitches because he, he was. He, he, was, he, was, he, was, he was on it because he, he barely missed a couple fastballs. Yeah, he barreled up a slider that he pulled foul. Yeah, and then he... That just reminded me of Jason Kipnis slider that he barreled up, but... Fuck. Oh my <laughs> fuck I know you know what I'm talking about, the one that went yeah. up the stadium damn near, and yeah. it was opposite field. Oh my God, bro. Um, <laughs> so that was the LDS, people. Let's I'm move about on. to cry. <laughs> Oh, that was so sincere. <laughs> so the Rays take the series over the Yankees. Don't panic, Yankee fans. You're not experiencing hardship, by the way. Fucking spoiled crybabies. Um, so let's move on. Let's do the previews. LCS, LDS. Um, now the LDS, uh, the I mean the LDS, the ALCS is already one game in. 
Uh, Rays, Astros, the NLCS begins tonight. Um, Braves, Dodgers. Where do you want to start? I said we start with the ALCS since it already started. Okay. So, ALCS. If that's okay with Yeah. Rays and Astros. If you would have told me the Probably. Rays were in the... Uh, not, not to cut you off, but like, I just want to get this one thought out of the way and like, I'm going to let you have the floor. But if you would have told me that the Rays were in the ALCS two weeks into the season, I would have said, yeah, it makes sense. Because the Rays are just that team. If you would have told me the Astros were in the ALCS halfway through the season, I would have looked at you like it was crazy. The Astros have gotten hot right now and they're meeting up against a Rays team that is tailor-made for a series like this with no days off so with that being said I think this is an interesting series let's get the picks out of the way who do you got Tampa Bay in five but I think they're all going to be close games because if Tampa Bay is going to win they're going to have to shut down the Astros offense because I don't see the the Rays scoring a lot of runs unless they take advantage of the Astros' lack of experience, especially their bullpen. That's a fair statement. That's a fair statement. I got Rays in six. And then now, I agree with your, well, you know, with your logic. I don't think the Rays are going to score a lot of runs. Maybe there's one game this series where they score over five runs. I think the like the fact that they took game one is crucial for them because the Astros cannot and I repeat they cannot fuck with them in terms of pitching depth they cannot no. nope and one thing too Kevin Cash is probably gonna have Kevin Cash probably will run circles around Dusty Baker as a manager but yeah he will it's kind of going to have to happen. In order the only way I happen. see the Astros winning the series, especially now that they lost game one, is that they literally hit like they did against the A's. They need to win. Yeah, not me neither the, against the Stavis. The Rays pitching savage is something to hold another level compared to the A's. Yeah, and not just like the elite arms, but like the depth they have. Because you're going to start... Yeah. When this series is really going to separate itself... Is when you start getting into game four and game five. Yep. And everyone's tired. And the Rays and the Rays number seven man in the bullpen is better than the Astros number five man in the bullpen. That's when you're gonna see a separation in this series. Now we could both be wrong. Maybe the Rays collapse, everyone forgets how to throw strikes, and the Astros take it. But logic says, you know, logic says raise and raise in six games i think the longer the series goes the more it favors the race i agree i'll say that for sure and the thing is the race beat the yankees with brandon lowe who was their best player in the entire regular season not doing anything like and austin meadows and austin Austin meadows was barely present they already took a two to one game against the Astros. Like, 
this is their year bro like everything i see with the rays like this is their year if they don't win championship this year they never will like everything they're about is so perfectly made for this i don't know wander franco mm. i think I, I i think no day solve helps them more than wander franco will okay that's true um like that's, that's very true especially with the um their bullpen depth is amazing because their their fifth and sixth guys are seven to eight inning guys and other uh, and other people's bullpens it's crazy other guys throw 97 with weird ass deliveries and a nasty ass break off speed of breaking ball pitch it looks like a fucking wiffle ball yeah it's unfair it's unfair yeah they make and then the Rays, their roster instruction is amazing. Just they don't they don't really have a true superstar, they just have a whole bunch of above average guys. Dude, imagine what this team could do with fifty more million dollars of payroll. Extend somebody. Just imagine. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Or a better stadium to play in, better more fans at the stadium. They need a new arena and a new location. It, can we just like send Tampa Bay to the to Montreal, please? <laughs> oh man, I think because I think it's more of a case about you know where the stadium is located. I get that Florida is not you know the most ideal state for a sports franchise in many ways. If you're not good right out the gate, because there's so many options for entertainment dollar, but. I think it's more about the stadium. I think people will give a fuck if the Rays continue to be successful. They yeah, they're actually in Tampa instead of St. Petersburg. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's just bad. It's just bad logistics. Everything's bad. But yeah. So, like, you got anything more on this series? I think it's pretty straightforward. Is the Astros bad? And, and, like, I think the Astros pitching will be, will be okay. Helped by the fact that the Rays offense is not that impressive. But... I think pitching depth will be the key. So if you got anything more. Don't be surprised if the Rays literally small ball the Astros to death. That's fair. Because they have the, the creativity to do some shit like that. But yeah, that's all. I'm pretty sure that's all we got. You got Rays in five. I got Rays in six. This postseason is made for them. I don't think the Astros will have quite enough. Save for some kind of offensive explosion from literally everyone. So moving on to the nlcs this one is uh because i don't want the dodgers to win not because i hate the dodgers because people see people get this uh misconstrued i don't dislike the dodgers i'm a rockies fan he's i don't jealous. dislike the dodgers he's I'm jealous. jealous he he can never fathom his his, his um his baseball organization having the money dodgers do and also being competent yeah just being competent i don't give a shit like the rockets have spent money they're just completely incompetent but like this series is weird because i think the braves can at their best they can match the dodgers in some areas that we're going to talk about but i think they're what will let them down will be the fact that there are no days off you know what i'm saying like i can see that happening but I also, if any team could get to the Dodgers, it's the, it's the Braves, just with the star power they have. 
I agree. They need like, to outscore them, though. Yes, I, I agree. Um, Acuna is gonna. Acuna is the key. If he sets the tone. It's crazy how many leadoff home runs he has already. Like he's gonna catch Ricky Henderson real fast if he keeps us up. Yeah, I mean, I think that has to be taken with a grain of salt because thirty years ago he would have been hitting fourth. Not That's leadoff. true. But I mean, with with the stolen base, Acuna Jr.'s all around game is just ridiculous to me. Yeah, and he's not in his prime yet. He's nowhere near his prime. Like, he's he's not even a complete hitter. He doesn't hit a lot of doubles or triples as as much as you should, especially since he plays in NL. Mm -hmm. And then they just kind of let Ozzy Albies just kind of hit anywhere. I mean, I know he's he's gonna hit anywhere just because he has a seventy grade bat, but hit him second. Just let him hit second and keep him there, but. The Marcelo Zuna thing was signing was huge too, and I wish the the Cleveland baseball club would have signed him because that would have been nice to have. Yeah. Instead of Domingo Santana. <laughs> Instead of Matt Kemp. Yeah. Oh, I forgot you guys. That's that's gross. That's just awful. Yeah. Like it's kind of funny uh, how you guys get the Dodgers fodder and they get all your good players. Exactly. That's funny. Uh, very, very funny. Um, so where the Braves can match the Dodgers, y'all kind of like hear us talking about it. Their lineup can match the Dodgers, I think, in overall production. The Dodgers are deeper, though. The Dodgers Wait, one deeper. through nine are much deeper. The Braves go one through six, one through seven. That's as good as anyone. But I don't know. I think they'll stay with the Dodgers in terms of offensive production. Their bullpen has been lights out this postseason. The Braves bullpen has has been excellent. I think, like like I said before, I think what will truly let them down is no days off because their top, their top, their two best starters, Max Fried and um, goddamn Ian Anderson. Yeah, the young guy Ian Anderson. Yeah, those two are good. Like they can give you a great start. After that, it gets difficult. With no Kyle Wright is pretty good, um, but yeah, but no bat. Wild. Yeah, yes, but I think we're. I think that the Braves bullpen is going to be the key because they have a lot of guys with good stuff, especially with yeah. good fastballs that can counter. I mean, you got Tuki Tucson, Will Smith. Uh, they have Darren O'Day and um, what's his face? Mark Melanson. Mark Melanson too. And that was one. That was their major weakness last year, and the, yeah, that was that was their major that was their major focus when it comes to spending. Is the, was their bullpen? If the A's bullpen can can supplement their starters, and their starters before them, and then they have a chance. It's going to be about they, it's going to be about them preventing runs. I think that. I think their bullpen will compete with the Dodgers. They'll be basically just as good. And the Braves lineup will produce. I think the Braves starting rotation won't do enough to keep them in the series. And that's why I'm saying Dodgers in six. That's what my brain says. Because I, I just think the Dodgers are too deep with everything. Hitters, pitchers, relievers. to For the Braves to actually compete with them. With, with the injuries they have. If they had Mike Soroka, 
and Cole Hamels, even if it's old man Cole Hamels, I would actually give him a shot. Not gonna hold you. I would give him a shot. But without them, I think the Dodgers take it in six. I think the Braves will make it interesting, but the Dodgers are just too good. They're too loaded. Pause. And I just think they take it. You agree? Mm-hmm. Uh, I agree. In six? Seven. Okay. You know what? Six. 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 Yeah. It makes more sense. It just has that feel. Like, I say for both the Dodgers and the Rays, if you, if those two teams, if they don't win a World Series this year, especially the Dodgers, if the Dodgers, if, if y'all don't win a World Series in 2020, delete the franchise. Seriously. Like, y'all have failed for years. Y'all spent billions on the team and y'all can't buy a, a ring if it, if, if y'all lives depended on it. Stop failing. I don't want y'all to stop failing, but, you know, kind of do. Because, you know, you won't have many shots because then you start getting into... Because the Braves are going to be back. The Padres are going to be back. You really don't want to waste this opportunity. So, yeah, I think that's what I got on the series. We'll see how it plays out. I agree. Um, it's going to be really competitive and it's going to be really interesting. Um, we got Mookie Betts against Ronald Acuna Jr. Which is about as good as you're going to get. Exactly. There's going to be a lot of exciting shit going on. I hope the Braves win. Let me get that. Let me make that clear. I hope the Braves win. I just don't think they'll have enough to compete. That's my fear. But you can't get everything you want. So I think that's pretty much it for the for the episode. This is a fucking long one. I actually might have to trim some of the um, of the uh, Joe Morgan combo because I feel like we ended up uh, repeating ourselves sometimes. But I like to make it so I can actually edit it because this shit is going to be long as fuck. Oh, yeah. It's an hour and 20 minutes now. All right. So... If you got anything more to like uh, tell folks or anything, you want to plug some shit? Um, read Mars articles. He's writing better articles than me right now, but that's not saying much because I'll be on bullshit. Um, look forward to us um, taking a leap with maybe doing video and using YouTube more, maybe based off there and using Anchor to supplement that in the, in the future. I want to say in the near future, I would say the somewhat kind of far future um and that's it for real yeah so if that was it that was episode 19 of the pinch talk podcast it was a long one um hope y'all enjoyed listening uh this shit will probably come out somewhere in between game two of the alcs and game one of the nlcs uh so you know have that in the background whatever um and yeah uh check out the podcast on twitter check out pat's articles check out my articles the youtube channel all the shit i always talk about thank y'all so much for listening and uh yeah oh by the way uh send questions if y'all got any because when we get enough uh to the twitter account because when we get enough uh we'll actually feature some of them uh in one of the episodes you know so we can actually interact with people more because, you know, we're thinking of ways to make this shit bigger, better, and flashier. So, yeah, thank y'all for listening. And that was episode 19, people. Peace. <laughs>